Most of you have no foundation at all. Now, the trouble's with your attitude. Hold on, that was a funny joke. <laughs> I'm gonna throw that that keyboard against the against the wall. <laughs> Shut up and sit down. Last time on the show. The gay, the whole LGBT community is so large, and it has so mm-hmm. many different what would you call them factions. <laughs> they have so many different and it's like game of thrones it is like game of thrones or hunger games or some you know and um do you guys get pins how's that work uh little badges okay. on like on the shirt um nice, on the lapel um, which one's yours <laughs> aqua brave so it's still aqua brave is that the shitty cologne <laughs> what is that yeah yeah jesus Anyways, um, no, I do. Oh my god! And that was our pride episode. Like, and this poor man of the LGBTQ community, we're like just making fun of. (laughs) Folks, we're back. We're back for a new season of crap. That the sound on that thing is awful. Uh, that's why it's so great. It's the Coco Melon um, Kids keyboard, and you'll be hearing lots of it tonight. I'm so now, happy that you guys have an actual keyboard that you just play into the mic. Yeah. That makes me really happy. Uh, here's here's the other one that I also use from time to time, but I yes. found this keyboard. My child was playing with it, and I ripped it from her hands. And I said, you idiot, this is mine now. I, you have four kids and you haven't sold one yet. And that's the thing I'm not quite understanding. Like, you got to sell one of them. So at least get sell your legality thing. <laughs> well, the thing is, is you pay, it, it, it pays for the other ones. So really, it's right. That's true. Yeah. Um, hmm. I know it's kind of like a dowry, I guess, right? Like if I'm, I'm, they're all girls, so they're worth so much life. Yeah, 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 Yeah. and livestock especially. Sheep, cattle. Well, you would also get a dowry once they marry, so might it's worth the investment maybe to just hang on to them for a while. Should hold on to them until they get married. Potentially baseball cards. (laughs) Yes, it really depends. (laughs) Hold on to them until they avail you, ladies and gentlemen. Ben Alaco is here. Um, Hello, fam- famed Hello. author, famed author Ben Alaco. Yeah, no, um, definitely not. But thank you. He authored <laughs> books such as Everybody Poops. <laughs> I wish, I wish that was me. No, that me? would be fucking fantastic. That is a lie. That is a lie. But uh, you all know how it works. Uh, we're gonna be interviewing Ben after the break, um, after our first break. But now we're gonna do a little thing we like to call current events. Uh, we don't really like to call it that. It's just that's what it is. It's just current events. Um, and I had one that I wanted to just jump out with, just because okay. it's the reason. We started a podcast um, is that Donald Trump at a dinner recently said that he is thinking of running in 20 or not thinking he is running in 2024. He told a bunch of people that at a dinner and honestly, like, honestly, like, bro, I, this is what I thought of. I thought of all the times that I was really, really into a girl and I made it really, really, really weird. And 
she was like, dude, you gotta stop. I'm not so into you. Every time. <laughs> and then you're like, you know what? I think I still got a chance. And I feel like that's Donald. Like running for president is that girl. And Donald is the guy that just keeps like, I'm telling you, you know, like it's just such a bad idea. I hope yeah, so. this is why I was so upset to see um, Congress, the Senate and the House not pass legislation that wouldn't allow him to run again during the second impeachment and really the first, but both impeachments. Um, he was not removed from office, which would have automatically disqualified him yes. from running again. Yeah, uh, but they they could have, I think, taken an extra step there and disqualified him anyways from running again. But they didn't. Um, and that's the problem. But yes. regardless, yes. the entire Trump family um, is a is a is a unit and they're going to be moving forward, pushing conspiracy theories and uniting the right. And and that includes all of the right, by the way, the far right and the regular right. Well, is, there is the Lincoln anyway. Project. Don't forget about the Lincoln Project. And I follow them online quite extensively. And there the Lincoln Project is a, is a sect of conservatives that are what are called never Trumpers. They believe in what the conservative party once was, which was just a simple like Russ said on our episode, just a simple disagreement on how taxes should be spent, because that's what political parties used to be. Just a disagreement on right. how taxes should be spent. I think Russ said that best. It wasn't about yeah, human I, rights. I think that's a little bit of an oversimplification. Of course it is. But of course it is. But I'm saying like now the right is we hate blacks. We hate Jews. We hate gays. Well, it's it's entirely just it's culture wars. And that's because that's kind of like how they have to divide and conquer, because if it really was just about taxes, uh, you know, there's not much difference right now between the two parties, frankly, like I'm not an expert in this kind of stuff. You know, I'm in I try to steer away from too many of these political discussions in my daily life because they get no, me into trouble. In now, buddy. <laughs> they get me into trouble in my in my uh, personal life. But, you know, like That's if fair. you really look at the parties, I mean, what what has changed drastically under Biden that, you know, people were so f- afraid of, you know, some good policies have come out, you know, COVID's pretty much under control, all that stuff. But like to me, like the right lately everything that they do is about amping up the culture wars so that they can say and and that's why cancel culture quote unquote is like so pushed in our faces and everything Mm -hmm. that you see and i'll be honest like on the left people buy into it because they let the right steer the conversation someone on the right says cancel culture someone on the left says we're not you know like whatever i don't know some reactionary bullshit and that's how they steer the narrative so that's why since day one, all they've talked about is PC culture is out of control. It's cancel culture. They're going to if they cancel Christianity, I'm going to blah, blah, blah. It's because that's what riles up the base. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, you're you're 100 percent right. And, you know, you've got people with this cancel culture um, that they talk about. But it's like they're the ones who have perpetrated this for the longest time, you know, especially the Christians. Oh, my God, the Christians, the the Christians wrote to Netflix to cancel the show. Good Omens. (laughs) Why that's funny is because that is a show that's on Amazon, not on Netflix. But the Christians (laughs) actually wrote Netflix to cancel Good Omens on Twitter. They said no problem. 
Wow. That's great. Netflix actually responded on Twitter and said, not a problem at all. We will cancel Good Omens on Netflix. Well, then that's fantastic. The keyword that you use there was the base. And that ties back yeah. into what Rocco was just trying to get back to, which is the election in just a couple of years, year and three and a half years, whatever it is. Um, Trump does plan on running again. There are flags everywhere mm-hmm. uh, for Trump. The mentally ill man. And and it doesn't matter if he's allowed to run or not. Like it, it'll be some iteration of him. For example, Matt Gates is insane. I mean, if if he somehow skirts this um, indictment and and somehow gets out of jail, I don't know how. But if he does, you know, he'll just be another martyr to the right. Dude, Someone who was who was you know put on the cross and now died for all of their sins and they're just they're going to want to vote someone like him in they're they're all over the place matt matt gates at a high school just (laughs) (laughs) like man oh man i don't know what do you do in the basement before the show what do you mean what do i do you playing with sound effects and you have shit ready to go i got the soundboard here you know (laughs) it's just like but really though it 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 doesn't matter who it is there's going to be some psychotic insane far right just narcissistic nonsense person that's going to be running on the republican ticket no matter what you do Mm -hmm. and and that's because of what Trump did. He exposed and exploited mm-hmm. this small group of people. And then mm-hmm. using Fox News just made it worse and worse and worse. And the problem grew like a virus. Yes. And now you just have a giant base of people who, even though lost the election, think it was stolen. Right. Dude, I I spoke to someone who said, you know, I'm not really in to all of Fox News, but I really, really like that Tucker Carlson. And I'm like, oh, so you like self-righteous racists then? Because I couldn't help myself. I just said it. (laughs) And he looked at me and said, how explain to me how he's racist in that tone. And Mm -hmm. I responded with, I don't even need to bother. And he's like, well, no, go ahead. And I'm like, no, if that's your attitude, man, I'm not even going to waste my breath. And he's just like, well, of course, because you can't name one thing. And I'm like, mm, I'm not even. You're not even worth it. Honestly, you should. I he sh- this guy and many others like him should not be allowed to vote. Period. Um, and I know we've talked about this, but oh, I thought of this driving today. If you are an old white man with white hair who drives the speed limit, you should not be allowed to vote anymore. <laughs> what? I was driving. Explain. I was Explain. driving home from the comic book store. <laughs> And I am trying to get back to my house because I go on my lunch because I work. So like what I do is I go to the comic book store on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I run home. I scarf my lunch down and I go back down to my office and I work. And this guy is driving 35 in a 35. And I look in his rear view mirror and he's got white hair and he's a white man. And I'm just yeah. like, you should not be allowed to vote. Yeah, or drive. <laughs> Um, or, yeah, I wanted to run now, off. Why I was Tuesday, Wednesday. Is that when the when the trucks come with the with the comic books? Tuesday, DC drops all their new stuff. Wednesday, every other company, Marvel and everyone else drops all their new stuff. And the comic book store only gets so many copies. And I have a pull bag and I go in and I make sure that I get everything on the day that it drops. So I don't lose any issues in the current runs that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm still trying to. I might be, I don't have white hair, but I might be that guy that is driving you crazy. Because <laughs> you're, you're going the speed limit? You drive yeah, the speed limit? I, I typically, I don't go more than five miles over the speed limit. I don't go more and than 10. I think this, inter- this interview is over. <laughs> right, we'll just go ahead. We're just going to cut. Cut. I, I got pulled over <laughs> several times in my younger years, and I was like, you know what? If you do the math, you know, speeding 10 miles over, it really doesn't get you there much faster. It's like maybe a minute, maybe yeah. over over long distances of time or oh, yeah, long distances of time. That makes sense. You know <laughs> I what need, I mean? I need that. Words. Words. It's it's words. You know what the problem? The problem is that Rocco and I are always stuck behind you or someone like you. Uh-huh. Yeah, I love it. It's somewhere. my favorite part of driving. Yeah, and when we need to get it's, somewhere, it's never like eh, I'm on time. It's cool. It's only when like I really got to get somewhere that someone's like, I'm going to drive. This well, I always, thing. I always tell people when it comes to driving, I'm a Republican. I'm the only one that matters, and I care about no one else. And that is the mm-hmm. only time I am a Republican is when I am driving. Oh, I will intentionally drive in front of you. I'll see you trying to change lanes, and I'll be like, nope, and I'll mm-hmm. change lanes in front of you. That's Uh-oh. that's awesome. That's, oh, and I'll just be screaming. Yeah, I'm gonna run you off the road. <laughs> yeah, I hope yeah. your kids are in the car. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what else is happening in the big news? Isn't there something with a cat person that's happening? Since we're on the topic of a cat, cat person? person, oh, um, I, I don't want to spend too much time on this, um, just because I know there'll be other podcasts covering this. But Batgirl did get cast today, um, and. I don't really want to talk about that whole thing, but the issue that I have and something we've talked about in the show before is that a person of color was chosen to be Batgirl. Now, if you're a comic book reader, Batgirl Batgirl is Irish, pretty much. She's white with bright red hair. Mm -hmm. And they went with uh, a girl, uh, a female that is a woman of color. Um, She's like black Latina. And, um, She's playing Batgirl. Um, now, I'm a huge Batgirl fan. I've read a lot of Batgirl, and she's in one of my favorite comics of all time, which is The Killing Joke. She's kind of the focus of The Killing Joke. Um, and I think if she nails the role, it doesn't really matter. Furthermore, mm-hmm. I also found out that this movie is going to connect to Matt Reeves' The Batman. Oh, Now, nice. if you've seen the trailers... Jeffrey Wright plays Commissioner Gordon. For those of you that don't know who Jeffrey Wright is, he was in The Hunger Games. He's a, a fantastic, he's an amazing actor, and he is a person of color. So if his daughter in the comics is Batgirl, then wouldn't it stand to reason that ah. she must also be a person of color? Like Commissioner Gordon is going to be black in the new Batman. So his daughter, right, would be. Mm-hmm. You know, am I making Irish. sense? Am I? Yeah, Irish. right. Am I? Am I making sense here, though? Like, Dan, you're just I don't what's, know what you're doing. I'm Googling. Over. What's the, what's the guy's name? Jeffrey Wright. When you see him, you'll be like, oh, I know this guy. It, it blows my mind that people care about this kind of shit. I get it. I but it's a character. I, I understand being like a, a, a fan of yeah. like I understand being a, a hardcore fan. Yeah. But but anytime you're casting. Yeah, that's him. Oh, yeah. That's Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, he's awesome. But anytime you're casting someone, I mean, (laughs) you're turning a different medium into film. 
you're you, do we expect that every actor looks exactly like the person that they're representing whether you're translating a book or a comic mm. or whatever like there's always some level of artistic interpret interpretation there sure. when you're casting and i i just really don't i just don't care <laughs> I mean, like, well, let me change oh their race, gender. I just don't care. Just like get the character right. Tell me a good story. I, I that, might that's be where I'm at. With this kind of stuff. I might be defending nerd culture here, but if I'm trying to make sense of this, there's a lot of people who love, you know, books. And then when you when you take a book and adapt it into a screenplay and make a movie out of it, there's a lot of people that would argue nah, it doesn't really do the book any justice, etc. And I've noticed from an outsider with with nerd culture and comic books when a movie is is adapted from something that's a comic book there is a very stringent and strict culture around it yeah. being um fair to the comic um and this obviously is is running into some issues with our culture right now which is trying to be more inclusive sure. and representative Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so there's a lot of people who, let's say out of the pool of extremist nerds that want to see their comic book visually represented in a movie perfectly, I would say, how many would you say, Rocco, that are just plain old racists versus people that just can't get over things being different than the way they are? Um, the plain old racists are the ones that have been reading comics since the 1950s. Um, and I'm just going to be honest about that. And I don't mean people our age that read the comics that are from the 1950s. I mean, Mm -hmm. people that those were the new releases (laughs) in the fifties. Those are the folks that like had a big boomers is what you're saying. The boomers. Yeah. And they're always the issue Um, coming from my group of avid i read probably 15 to 20 comics a week um so with that being said you know i had certain fan casting in fact i can tell you exactly who i chose i wanted sadie sink from fear street to play batgirl she was my number one pick to play batgirl if you don't know who she is i'll throw a picture of her up now for you guys she She was main fear street she the main girl in fear street the young girl yeah the one that the summer well, that would have made sense it looks she has a strawberry blonde or brownish hair from she has she's a redhead it's more of a redhead okay she's yeah. a redhead sec- the second second fear street which which fear street which the was second one she played okay. i haven't haven't seen it yet okay oh okay she she played I haven't the, seen any so um have you seen stranger things she's in or no she, she was in yeah she, she was in stranger things as well Oh, yeah, she, she's the she redhead. The more recent, more recent season. Yeah, okay. Yes, okay. she's the redhead who's also really snappy, and I felt like she had that Batgirl feel. But then, if you look at Jeffrey Wright, who was cast in The Batman as Commissioner Gordon, and in the comic books, his daughter ends up being Batgirl under without his knowledge. It would stand to reason to make sense of the film that she should also be a person of color, if Jeffrey Wright is supposed to be playing her dad. Do you see what I'm saying? So like as much as I'd want her to play Batgirl in the film, it, it's got to make sense. Right. I don't know. I guess I what I would have loved if they would have kept it to the comic. But I'm also open minded enough to say Jeffrey Wright is an amazing actor. Like, um, yeah, I want him to be Commissioner Gordon. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah. also, you know, 
representation matters when it comes to mixed families as well. Sure. You know, I mean, they could have they could have had him um, as an African-American and, and with a mixed daughter, even a white daughter. Genetics, genetics are crazy. You know, black men can have white daughters. It's possible. Highly unlikely. It's not like you're mixing paint. That's not how it works. I, I mean, I feel like, though, and, and I'm disconnected from this because I'm not a huge comic book reader. Sorry. Um, but that's OK. Think, <laughs> think we're not all perfect. I, I think like for me, kind of looking outside in, I mean, it, I don't think it's about the logic of of the movie. You know, I, I think it's it, it, outrage or whatever. I don't think that's going to necessarily help people. But I think to me, again, it just goes back to like when I think about, I don't know, and a creative interpretation of some source material, like a, as a writer, as a, as a writer of fiction in particular, you know, my work will never be popular enough to be translated into film. But like, if it, oh, you don't were, know, that. I'd be like, it yeah. just won't happen. But it's fine. Um, but, <laughs> but, but, but if it would, like, yeah, after approach, this show. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true, actually. Like, I would love it if whoever, director, whatever, casting director, I don't care, like, looked at my work and was like, maybe this character is, you know, looks this way or whatever, instead of what's written in the book. And like, I, as an author, as a creator, as a writer would be like, you just, you know, run with it. Like I, I want people to have some level of creative freedom that's going to bring their flavor to it. And I think what bothers me about, I, I don't know if this would be considered toxic fandom, but you know, toxic fans, that kind of thing, toxic fandom bothers me when, when people kind of take this sense of ownership of the material and like i'm sorry but readers consumers you don't own the material you just don't and that's that's where i come from as as a writer as a as a creator myself like if i had fans again never will happen but if i had fans who like rebelled because they someone changed a character when something got translated i'd be like you guys aren't really fans of creativity you're not fans of freedom of expression like let people interpret the story like that's someone else putting their flavor on it i'm cool with that kind of stuff so yeah. i know it's a, it's a different maybe a, maybe a different mindset but to me that level of bringing something different keeps the storytelling exciting because i don't necessarily want to see the same exact story twice you know what i mean like well yeah some, you know bring bring that extra flavor bring something new to it Exactly. No, I agree. And there's also a school of thought of people that say, well, we're we're all about bringing in uh, diversity. <clears throat> but like, can you give us new characters then? So, for instance, right. the, the new Batman, who is Tim Fox, Lucius's son, Tim, he's the new Batman. He's taken over the mantle as Batman in Gotham City. Bruce okay. Wayne is now the dark detective. Bruce Wayne is is not Batman anymore. Mm. Um, and Tim Fox, being Lucius's son, is black. Mm -hmm. And the community, the comic book community, rallied behind this because he was a new character. You weren't mm. saying Bruce Wayne is black now. You were saying this right. is a new character, mm. the yeah. son of an, an established character, and it mm. doesn't matter what his race is but we love his story and his story has been fantastic. I've been following it since it started and I'm very happy with it. So again, I think there's two schools of thought there. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. 
Yeah, those are fair points too. I, I I like that. I like what you said, Ben. It sort of belongs to everybody. No one owns a comic book, yeah. you know, story. That's crazy. It doesn't belong to one group. Um, and yeah, what you said, Rocco, makes a lot of sense too. That like, you can have a new generation. You can have new characters that are represented, um, or representing minorities, people of color, etc. Um, and both can both can be true. Both can work. Um, you know, so. Maybe it'll work itself out in the long run. I don't know. But like, I go back to the the idea of like, um, they were trying to cast, I believe, a new James Bond. And a lot of people were throwing Idris Elba. Yeah, Elba. And I was just like, that man would fucking crush oh, that. Yeah. <sighs> yep. Um, but so many people were just like, no, James Bond is white. And I'm like, gives a shit sometimes he's brown haired sometimes yeah. he's blonde haired do you do you remember though haired. when like who cares do you remember though when daniel craig was cast and people did kind of freak out they were like you can't have a blonde james bond yeah. what and that's yeah. another one of those things where it's like this is so ridiculous it's yeah, true but then like billions of dollars you know the, yeah but the other school of thought is adris elba can be a double o why can't he be double o eight who who is does the that's same true. cool that's a shit. Fair point, but at the same time, and, like and, I don't know. I think there's an argument to be made that no, he should be 007 because he deserves that. Yeah, sure. Like but little like, black I'm not a, kids should be like, yeah, he's you know, not double. He's not someone else. He's not the coolest. He, he can, yeah, you can be equal to yeah these these other guys that came before. Right. I, I would agree with that. Especially and, with a character who has changed so often. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. You like, know what I mean? See, yeah. the thing is, is I can see it from both sides. I genuinely can. Yeah. What I can't see it from is I can't see it from the sides of people just being blatantly racist. Right. And like, you know who they are. You see it in the comments. I don't agree with you. The fact of the matter is simple. The Batman is it's coming fun out. to point them out. Sure, it is. It absolutely is. And the first one's like, I'm not a racist. What makes you think that? Everything you just said. That's what makes me think mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But anyway, let's let's shift real quick from this. So anyway, the Batman's going to be awesome. Batgirl should be awesome. I can't wait to see it. Um, the Monsignor, the Catholic Monsignor that denied Biden communion because Biden is pro-choice has recently gotten in a lot of trouble for having a grinder account and propositioning men. <laughs> Wait, I did not. What? Yes, I did not hear this. Either. Catholic <laughs> Church Monsignor refused communion to J- President Joe Biden because of his stance on abortion, which is a normal person's uh, stance, which is pro-choice. OK, now. Yeah. He was caught <laughs> with a grinder account and propositioning men on the yes. Internet. Right. I cannot think. Now, listen, what is what is what is a Monsignor? Dan, it's a is an important guy. Type of tomato sauce. He gets <laughs> and he gets four little boys on leashes instead of three, like the normal is priest it, does. Is it like a pyramid scheme? It is a pyramid scheme. Pyramid? And the the higher you are in the pyramid, the more altar boys and fresh ones are sent to you um, daily. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So did, did I ever tell you, Rocco? Did I ever tell you that? Uh, the so I went to Catholic school um, uh, for a long time um, yeah. until uh, 
11th grade, I, I switched and I went to public school. If but, you say uh, Father Valino, I'm going to lose my mind. No, I don't know who that is, but... Okay, good. But, um, Are we going to hear something dark? We, <laughs> no, a, but, well, yes and no. It? Like, nothing, you know, every, everything's fine. But, uh, but in... Uh, when this was, you know, back in the day when all this happened, when all this shit blew up, I was probably in seventh grade. So I just left my elementary school. Mm -hmm. And yeah, uh, the the priest who was at that school, uh, he was one of the guys who was outed uh, as a pedophile. Um, the stuff that had happened that had been reported was from like 20 years prior. Mm -hmm. But you know, I had had confession and shit with this guy, mm -hmm. like in in a room alone with this fucking guy. And mm -hmm. so, man, yeah, I all that shit. Like, again, you know, I'm fine. <laughs> Nothing happened. But, you know, but but who fucking knows? Like, I think about this all the time. Or I'm just like, I don't know, man, that shit is very personal to me. And it's just fucking scary. You but know, the thing I, is, I think about those moments. But do you ever wonder if you're ugly? Because like he wasn't interested. <laughs> no way. Right? You know what I mean? Come on. You've never been like, well, he molested all these kids, but he didn't molest me. And he had the right. chance to. And he could yeah. have, yeah. you know, he didn't, pull, he didn't pull the trigger. I think that this, you maybe think, you were in why you were intimidating. You, you were out of his league. That's, that's exactly what it was. I feel like it says something about his willpower. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, I I have uh, my priest uh, asked me to masturbate in front of him. Um, oh, Jesus. At, when I was 14, I told him no. And then he went to prison. And the best part is um, LJ, of whom we spoke about before we started recording. Um, LJ is like, oh, my God, dude, the that dude missing. Yes, that dude used to pick me up and bring me to like basketball and shit. Holy like shit. And uh, I was like, yeah. And he went to he's in prison. And then the priest that Good. baptized both my brother and I died in prison because of child porn or molestation or some shit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, priests, man, the question the thing is, though, with this Monsignor, OK, he there's no children involved. Yeah. Um, but there are men involved. And to the the, the church that's an abomination being gay, I guess, which is fucking stupid. Um, it's a stupid well, thing. Even just being someone that high up in the church, you're not you're supposed to be celibate anyways. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which is just dumb. But I just thought that that was some sweet irony that I wanted to share. Oh, and then yeah. I want to close it out with just a question uh, to both of you. Um, you know, Ben, we'll start with you. Um, on this show, we like to keep people on in check, if you will. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that mm -hmm. is we started the show when Trump became president because Dan and I were constantly calling and texting one another about how the whole world is going up in flames because Donald Trump is our president. So we decided to start this podcast and we did, and it's been very successful. And um, because of our podcast, Trump is no longer in office. We were yeah, very that's those two, You cannot deny those two facts. hundred percent. We started a podcast yeah. rarely against him. He lost the, the election. That's why I wanted to be on the show. That's causation. And that's what I thought. And that's exactly what I thought. So the thing is, though, is that the thing that we talk about is we're not beholden to a politician. A politician is not a celebrity. OK, so the, the thing I said was when Biden got elected, watch how fast I get a Biden flag in front of my house. Oh, wait, I don't get one at all because he's not a fucking celebrity. <laughs> I'm not getting a Biden flag. But yeah. he needs to be held accountable. So, Ben, in your opinion, so far, how has Biden done? Um, just as a short answer, and then I want Dan's short answer, and then I'll give mine. 
Uh, you know, he's not Trump. <laughs> I mean, this is, I, I kind of alluded to this earlier where, you know, I, I think the, the difference between the parties, it, it, if you ignore all the culture shit and all the, all this kind of, all the bullshit about identity politics and, and all that stuff, the left has moved very far to the right. They're now the center or to the right of center, really. But everyone th thinks that the left's on the right. Everyone thinks the left is complete communists and far left and Biden's socialist and all this bullshit. So, I mean, I think Biden's doing exactly what I thought he would do as a moderate Democrat, which is uh, championing the status quo. And so all the all the things that, you know, we really wanted if you were a Bernie supporter and all that stuff and an actual change. We were Bernie supporters. Yeah. The show is a Bernie yeah. show. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if you really look at all that kind of shit, um, I think it's pretty disappointing <laughs> to look at Biden so far. But, you know, I think that, you know, the world feels a little bit less chaotic to me. So there's there's that, you know, I I'm, I'm happy with uh, how the action turned out. I'm happy with who's in office at the moment. Could we be doing more? Should we be doing more? Yes. So that that's kind of where I'm at um, okay. to, to keep it somewhat general. No, that that's fair. That's fair. And and briefly, someone had commented that um, Biden isn't getting a lot of good TV ratings when he talks on TV because his speeches are boring. And I'm like, good, good. Yes, that's what I want, yeah. Dan. Yeah. Yeah. It It's so complicated. There's so many aspects to talk about here, but I, I agree with Ben. He's not Trump. So therefore, that's automatically a win. Um, it, it, it's been a relatively boring presidency thus far because he's not a fucking psycho. Mm -hmm. um, can he promise everything that he can he follow through with his promises? It's kind of difficult when um, you barely have control of the Senate. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Mm -hmm. So there's only certain issues that he can pass through the Senate. Like some things in the Senate, you have to vote and have a majority um, by a certain amount of votes, which they don't have. And then some things you just need that, that 50 vote uh, rule. And then the, you know, Kamala would be at the tiebreaker. So there's only a few things that they can really push through everything else. He has to rely on executive orders like dumb, but uh, butthead fucking did before him. So there's been that whole transition of like, okay, Trump undid a bunch of stuff, and now Biden has to come in and sort of redo a bunch of stuff. The environment, um, the G8 summit, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. the, the Paris Accord, you know, there's things like that. He's sort of he's, you know, reintroducing us into a normal life, uh, geopolitically speaking. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's things like, you know, I feel like he's disappointed some of us. Um, what's happening in Cuba. He doesn't seem to be speaking out too much on that. Um, there's all kinds of shit going on with, with Facebook spreading fucking lies. Um, and all he does is really wag his finger. Um, you know, China cyber attacks left and right. And our CIA does the same thing, by the way. And yet we go on TV going bad, bad, bad China. They're terrible. See, they hacked into our systems and they're, you know, this is war. And it's like, I don't know. I, I'm not a president and I would never uh, try to be. That's for damn sure. But as far as the politics of left and right and progressive, when Bernie lost, by the way, this time it was fair and square, it seemed like. Um, 
the primary, mm-hmm. we knew we weren't going to get a progressive president. Right. I but didn't there think we were going to get a Democratic president. <laughs> there are things that are happening that can make us happy at least a little bit at a time. Um, what, what just uh, they passed the Juneteenth made that right. a federal holiday. Yeah, it never have happened under Trump. Never. No, no, but it's a half measure. I, I understand, but it's a half measure in the right direction. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and look, Obama was the fucking man. I mean, he was just so fucking awesome. And yet he allowed hundreds of thousands of brown children to die at the hands of drone strikes that he literally could have called off because they were proven to be vastly inaccurate. Mm-hmm. But he continued with the program because it saved American soldiers' lives. This whole thing is very complicated. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, these people aren't perfect, but at the end of the day, they're not Trump. And that's what matters. Yeah. No, I'm um I'm with you that's on the- that. I mean, when we when we did episodes around election time last year, um, you know, I said that I'm voting for Biden. I was very clear that I'm voting for Biden and I'm voting for Biden on my favorite campaign promise of his, um, which he touted this campaign promise this, the entire time. And he actually followed through on this campaign promise immediately when he went into office. And that campaign promise is that he is, in fact, not Donald Trump. and that that was why i was voting for him and i'm very clear on that i was a bernie guy from the beginning in fact when bernie lost i said great we're gonna get four more years of trump i did not think biden would be possibly be able to beat trump and the reason no i dude i knew I, i was like biden's gonna lose but he won because the the majority of people that sat on their asses when it was trump versus hillary showed up to the polls and yeah. voted for Biden. And that's what happened is that the, the election was such a joke between he and Hillary that people were like, dude, there's no way Trump is going to win. Hillary yeah. won. I'm fucking staying home and I'm drinking tonight. I'm getting blackout drunk. When I wake up in the morning, Hillary will be president. It's going to be the same thing as Obama being president. And we'll move on with the status quo. And so we got a four year circus. OK, yeah. in terms of the question, is Biden doing all right? I think he is the, the captain of half measures. I think that he is moving in the right direction, but he is not progressive enough for what we really need in this country, period. And it, it's it hopefully he does something, hopefully he doesn't. And there are still kids in cages on our southern border. And I haven't heard shit about that. So, mm-hmm. you know, and when Kamala is is doing fucking interviews or, or, or speaking, saying stop coming to our country, that is not the fucking message that I am expecting. I am a first generation. I am my parent, my parents, my father is an immigrant. I don't want to hear. Don't come to this country. I don't want to fucking hear that. Okay. Because for a lot of you fuckers that are listening to this, your great grandparents are immigrants and you can very easily forget about that or not care about that. And that's fine. But my father was an immigrant. So, you know, it's a little fucking different. Plus, the process of doing it legally 100 years ago was fucking showing up on a boat and signing a paper. Yeah. Like, what? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, yeah, they did it legally. They did it the right way. They came in the front door, not the back door. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. 
yeah. thousands and thousands of people a day would come through Ellis Island. What are you talking mm-hmm. about? Yeah. Just because they signed their name to and they signed their name to a paper. A lot of them changed or altered their name because it wasn't American enough or English enough. Mm-hmm. You know, hard to say, hard to spell because of because of the rampant racism everywhere. Yes. You know, I mean, look, think about how fucked up a country was when Italians were marginalized. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah, that's how fucked up America was. We had to marginalize Italian people. That's mm-hmm. why I'm related to a lot of Wests. And I don't want to say my last name, but west a lot of wests i'm actually related to because they came to ellis island they looked at my last name and they said you're west gumbia bachialelli yeah west just west yeah you're west now so again you know there's a lot of like i said wests i'm related to so so this this argument of you know yeah well my grandparents did it right away it's apples and oranges dude yes apples and oranges it is. It truly is. It truly is. Um, but with that said, when we come back, we're going to be talking um, about Ben behind his back. What we're going to do is we're actually going to ask Ben to leave and we're going to do the interview completely without him. So uh, awesome. thank you, guys. You're very welcome. So State- the pressure is off me. You know, it's that's why we do it. All right. We'll be right back. Get off the shit. We got to read here for Ridley's Gaming Realm. This is a great place to buy, sell, trade, or discuss video games. This is a secured Facebook group with 1,500 members and climbing. Now, the big thing is is that with a lot of these buy, sell, trade video game groups on Facebook, there's a lot of scams, a lot of people that'll take their money and, and, and never send you the product. Well, they are proud to say that they have zero reported scams ever in this group. So be sure to check out Ridley's Gaming Realm. Whether you're looking to grow your collection or get uh, that new game that's been tough to find, make sure that you check out Ridley's Gaming Realm. You go to Facebook.com and search for Ridley's Gaming Realm. Welcome to Critical Mass. I'm not sure we actually said that at the top of the episode, but anyways, it's Critical Mass. It's season 15 or whatever the fuck it is. I don't even know. We should pick a color Um, for this season. (laughs) we've done letters we've done numbers we should do colors and uh it's it's our premiere our animals and what's what's great about about this particular show season snake we brought in Rocco's old friend who is an author the crowd the crowd is just um very excited right specifically about horror not whores but horror Mm -hmm. Um, and we brought him in to talk about that tonight, and we have a lot of questions. Um, ben. Hello. You went to the school of um, way the fuck out there in Minnesota. What was it called? Yeah. Minnesota State University, Mankato. Where is that in, in relation to Minnesota? Because that's a big state. Is it that is, way up north? It or? is in Mankato. Okay. No, oh. it's <laughs> it's, the, it's very the helpful. Southern, yeah, it's the southern portion of Minnesota. So just above Iowa and kind of in the middle Iowa. of the state, too. If I remember, it's west. Of, it's been a while. West of Rochester, Minnesota. Interesting. Do they do they have an accent there? The locals? 
the locals slightly yeah but it's not it's not the fargo Oh, you know, oh, the, no, okay. oh, yeah, oh. It, there, there's a little bit of that and you hear it sometimes in the O's and but it's it's really it's the equivalent of like, sorry, if this is offensive, but it's the it's the Minnesota equivalent of like a hick accent. Like if you're from the country, if you're a farmer or whatever, you I have see. a little bit of that, but it's not it's not I'm the Fargo offended. stuff that you see. Yeah, I know. You gotcha. are. And I that's why I said it really. The Midwest is a fascinating place. I is love it, that. Yeah. I love the Midwest sensibility. I love that that accent. Oh, don't you know? Oh, right. It's it's basically Canadian. It's like a Southern Canadian. Very accent. Charlie Very Barons. Much, yeah. Very Charlie Barons. I love that guy. Who's I, that? I worked with a guy. So uh, what the fuck was I doing? I was I was like merchandising for Pepsi, you know, and one of the guys that I would work with sometimes he was the Dr. Pepper kid. So he would stock the Dr. Pepper and I would stock the Pepsi at the grocery stores. Makes and sense. he would always say it was it was a Midwestern phrase. He'd say, holy buckets. But he kind of had almost like a lisp kind of and some people say like, holy cats. So, and, and, but sometimes the way he said it, he kind of had like a lisp or just a, you know, weird way of talking. And he'd be like, holy fuck. And I, 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 for a long time, I thought he was just saying like, holy fuck, like really loud. Ah. And, and I was like, you can't really say that with customers around the holy buckets. And I'm like, <laughs> like, whoa, but I realized it's holy buckets. And, uh, and I was like, okay, that's better. But yeah. Wow. So, you know, the things you learn about these different regions. Sure. You lived there for three years. Yeah. No, it makes sense. So, okay. So why did you go? Where did you? So what was the reason? Why would you go there for school? Because that's where I got in. Really? <laughs> I just yeah, so, well, actually, so I did get into a couple other places, actually. Okay, I thank I, God. I, I don't want to, you know, I, I actually got into Sarah Lawrence, but I looked at the price tag and I was like, oh, fuck no. And then I'll, honestly, I don't think my writing was very good back then. And I think Sarah Lawrence let me in because I had a sob story that I'm not going to get into. But I think that's why they really let me in. And and uh so it was one of the one of the few places I got in that was kind of affordable. And I had uh, I had a professor who knew the other professors there and mm -hmm. had kind of talked the program up a bit. And so and I kind of knew that they unlike a lot of MFA programs. So mm -hmm. MFA is Master of Fine Arts. So mm -hmm. it was, I, I have a Master of Fine Arts in creative writing and fiction. And mm -hmm. a lot of MFA programs, if you ever talk to anyone who's taken a uh, MFA and writing. Yes, program. actually, I, I once asked someone if their MFA or this philosophy guy I knew mm -hmm. whose degree was more worthless. Please continue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Equally, equally worthless. But <laughs> but what I was going to say is uh, I had known that this was one of the few programs that I knew of that would be willing to even have someone in the program who would write things like horror or science fiction or fantasy. Mm -hmm. So they, they didn't discriminate with genres mm -hmm. and they were accepting of all, all different types mm -hmm. of writing. And a lot of MFAs even today are still very, uh, they, they there's gatekeeping in the literary community. And so a lot of the times these programs really are, are just interested in what's called literary fiction, which is realistic fiction, mm. which is essentially like dramas, right? So okay. character uh -huh. dramas, that kind of thing. And okay. 
<clears throat> so, but, but this program, you know, from talking to my former professor, I knew that they were into the kind of stuff that I've always been into. And so, and, and it was, you know, it was, uh, there was a huge class that I went in. There were normally in an MFA program, you'd have maybe a class of 20 people mm-hmm. like in, in the whole graduating class in your MFA, there was like, there was 40 something in our class. It was, which doesn't sound like a lot if you've, you know, gone to college, but yeah, yeah. in an MFA program, that, that's a lot of people and a lot of different voices uh, that you're trying to squeeze into these classes, which okay. I think was a good thing because it was a, it was a diverse crew. So it was, it was, a very important uh, for me, important for my writing and my growth. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, in terms of value of degrees, yeah, MFAs are, it's an art degree. It's ultimately, I have an art degree. In Dan has writing. one of those. He's a mailman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good shit. Yeah. Uh, it's not an MFA. It's just a BA. But yes, um, it is. It's funny how much Rocco shits on the arts and art degrees and, and stuff like that. <laughs> when someone I wish I had one. Actually, <clears throat> someone who's never actually graduated from college. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's true. And, and somebody who lives on art. Yeah. Literally. Yes, that's true. Whether He's right. TVs, movie, comic books. He's not um, wrong about any of this. But it is fun. <laughs> but 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 also, yes, I mean, in today's world, it is difficult to make sense of such a degree. I had a roommate in college um, who was an English major, and he was like, man, I can't wait to someday be a manager of a Barnes and Noble. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Right? If you if you were going to get an art degree, you don't go to get an art degree to make money. You go get an art degree f- so that you can pay for the time to disappoint make your parents. Art. Well, that's part of it. But you go, you go so that you can have time to make art in that program. Like, that's what it's about. You, you come out with a shitload of debt and, mm-hmm. you know, you struggle to find a job and all that stuff. But for me, I had three years where I lived and breathed writing and it was awesome. And I'm glad that I did it. And, you know, I do think that, you know, I, it, it helped me get... For a while, I was an adjunct instructor uh, at a couple colleges in this area, and the pay was awful, but I think that eventually kind of roundabout way got me to my my current day job, um, which I, I very much enjoy. Um, I'm not going to get into that, but but you know, it's been a roundabout way of getting to where I am today, and I don't regret any of it. And it was a really important time to, again, for me, it was three years. I just focused on writing and that's where I became, I, I think if anyone reads my writing and thinks it's halfway decent, I think it's where I became a halfway decent writer. And before yeah. that it was just trash. Like I, I it's, it's, you know, a cliche to be able to say, or to say that you look back and you're like, Holy shit, what was I doing? You know, this is awful, but man, I really look back at the stuff that even, even when I was writing in that program, really, I look back at some of that stuff. I'm like, Holy shit, this was bad. Well, uh, if we're, you know, so so you say your previous writing was really bad. However, mm-hmm. you're you're published. You know, I looked I looked up your book on Amazon. Your book is called Death Form. Yeah. Um, it is uh, kind of like a space horror fan, not fantasy, really. No space horror sci fi. Yeah. Science fiction, um, you know, book. Mm-hmm. Um, I read the brief synopsis, the cover art for that. Oh, so good, God. right? You know, yeah. I'm very upset. I don't know who 
did that cover art and it's not in the book jacket. I've, I, I, I've been meaning oh. for five years now, <laughs> approximately to message that yeah. publisher and say, who the fuck did this art? Because it is so, it, it, it's, it's awesome. Really cool. Now, did you pitch good. this book a lot to a lot of different publishers or essentially? Yeah. Um, so the, the way this works in writing and I, you know, I hope this is useful for anyone who's listening, who's like, I want to be a writer and all this stuff. It is mm, uh, soul crushing is the word I'll use mm -hmm. sometimes to, to deal with this stuff. Mm -hmm. So if you're like me and you don't have connections, like I, my uncle is not Stephen King. I don't have anyone in the industry that I can just be like, hey, you know, can you uh, show this to, you know, the right uh, people, yeah, what, who, whoever. Yeah, exactly. And just, you know, just maybe just uh, maybe just publish this, you know. Uh, like I don't know any agents, anything like that. So I am one of those people who's really on the outside and the way it works is you, if you have a novel in particular, it's different if it's nonfiction, um, it's different for comic books, it's different for all that stuff. And I, I can't really speak to those. I know how it works for fiction. So for fiction, you do what's called querying. So you have no connections. You're starting from zero and uh, you essentially look up who represents what types of books. For me, I, you know, I'm, I'm lo always looking for agents who'd be interested in representing my work, but I'm nobody. So, you know, they're looking for an investment. They're looking for a book that's going to make them money. And if I'm sure. a nobody, you know, it's, it's very hard to do. They really have to believe in it and all that stuff. So, uh, with death form, it was, uh, it's a short book. So it's 65,000 words, which I know doesn't mean too much to a lot of people, but, uh, you know, the average, uh, like the sweet spot for a novel is about 80,000 words. Um, that's just like a good spot to be. And if you're well above that or you're well below that, you may have trouble finding a publisher as a for a novel in particular. Mm. Certain genres, it's okay to have a lot longer. Like if you're doing epic sci-fi, 150,000 mm. words, that's fine, you know, whatever. But regardless, my book was, you know, Death Form was very short. Uh, so, you know, I, I queried... I don't know at this point um, how many agents I messaged, but you never really got any anyone who was super interested. I did get some feedback, some people who read it and said, you know, it's got promise, but, you know, I'm not interested in representing it right now. And that's just how it works. And, uh, and then, uh, I, you know, I started researching small presses. Uh, indie presses basically mm -hmm. it's to think about like indie record labels, that yeah. kind of thing. Like they, you know, they're smaller, but they represent, uh, you know, some really, really awesome authors that, uh, you know, people should check out. So, uh, this press is severed press mm -hmm. and they publish, if you're really into like kind of pulpy paperbacks and like monsters and, and, um, uh, you know, fucking, yeah, like space battles and what, whatever else zombies, you know, um, yeah, all, all that kind of stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's what they publish. And, and I became aware of them just by doing some online research and stuff and saw that they had a track record for even having like bestsellers and stuff that, you know, um, would eventually catch on and all that stuff. So, so I, you know, queried them and heard back pretty quickly, actually, that, that they were interested in the book. And, you know, I'm lucky enough that, that, yeah, they, they believed in it. And uh, they, it, one of the things that was awesome about working with Severed Press is they actually like asked me what I imagined for the cover of the book. So oh, wow. 
a lot of publishers don't do that. And so they, you know, said like, Hey, what are you thinking for the cover? You know, yeah. we talk, we're talking about that art. Right. And I love how that artwork turned out. But uh, anyway, you know, I'd kind of pitched it in text, just kind of some ideas like, a, you know, tentacles coming out of a, of a spacesuit, you know, and they sent back a, a mock-up and it was really not what I was looking for. It was like this very, <laughs> uh, the initial mock-up was because they do a lot of military sci-fi yeah. type stuff in space. And so they had sent back what looked like almost, it was all CGI, which I'm not a big fan of. And uh, it was this like computer generated halo looking helmet <laughs> you know helmet from, yeah, from the halo yeah, video games Master with Chief. like an yeah with like a, a single aquatic tentacle kind of like snaking up from out of it and i was just like no, no 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 that has nothing to do with the book like this the creature in this book is like just imagine like strands of spaghetti you know yeah. like that's <laughs> that's what you see kind of on the cover almost and so they were like okay well why don't you you know send us some reference pictures and stuff and you know wow. so so i actually like drew up some uh wow, yeah a, a really shitty like i'm not an art i'm not a you know visual artist so but i like penciled out this kind of a mock-up of similar to what you see on the cover but really yeah. quite quite different and um sent them reference pictures that were like like carnage or venom from yeah, yeah, yeah. spider-man you know yeah so and and you can see that i think in the in the cover that well, we have where it's you know all those strands kind of yeah. like tr these tree branches of of strands yeah. coming out of this helmet so well i wanted to ask you know where you got the inspiration for this book and reading the synopsis and looking at that cover i got kind of a dead space feel oh sure um uh, from it i love that stuff which yeah. for those of you that don't know dead space is a video game it's a horror space video game it's quite scary um if that's kind of your it's like resident evil in space kind of um you know so you, good <clears throat> very good games very scary stuff um very good imagery but anyway that's the feel i got kind of reading the synopsis and and looking at the cover um, you know, what would you say, what were your major inspirations for this book specifically? Yeah. So I'd say with death form, definitely I would just say the alien franchise, alien aliens, particularly aliens. Cause the book is, I'd call it more of a thriller than a horror, but it's, it's like a sci-fi horror slash thriller. Right. So aliens is, has always been a huge inspiration for me. Um, the, obviously the, the book is essentially, I, I always tell people, it's just, if you like alien monster on a spaceship and you're into that premise, <laughs> check out this book. Cause that's what I love. And this book was, um, there's a long kind of winding history of, of how this book came to be to where I had come out of my MFA program and, even though the, the program I was in embraced genre fiction, I came out of that program feeling like I got to do something that's both genre fiction, but also literary fiction. That's like merges these two and it's going to be so smart and brilliant and whatever. And just that really pretentious, you know, new artist feel of idealistic gotta, too. Yeah. I got to make a name for myself. Da, 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 da. And what's funny is I had a book coming out of that MFA program that I couldn't find a publisher for, and I still haven't. So I have this book that's just kind of sitting, you know, in manuscript form on a shelf um, and in my laptop. Publications will get you in touch. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, 
so I had that and then but I was like, I'm not getting any bites for that one. And I started writing something else and it just, you know, wasn't working and I couldn't get some other projects off the ground. And long story short, I kind of was really struggling to write anything. I was struggling to write anything that I liked. Like I, w- I was writing, but I wasn't enjoying it. And it was it was just work and it wasn't fun. And then I had read uh, in particular um, uh, this book by Hugh Howey called Dust, which I don't know why it just kicked something off in my brain. It kicked it like kind of reignited my love of like just fun, kind of schlocky sci-fi, but also that's intelligent and just fucking go for it. Like who fucking cares if it's literary or whatever, like however it's interpreted. And I, I actually went back to some old ideas I had had back in my really shitty writer days. (laughs) And I had found this draft of a really old, like 10 page story where it was this crew on a spaceship and it was actually an action comedy when <laughs> in the old story. Um, and I, I, I looked at that and I was like, this story is not working. The, the story was garbage. It just was was shit. And but I really loved the characters. And so I was like, what if I tr- transplanted these kind of plucky, sarcastic characters that I really enjoy? And I, I did something with them where I put them in real peril and I put mm-hmm. them into a situation that is actually really scary to me, which is that there's this monster that you can't kill. Like, it's just spoiler alert. You know, this monster in this book is is just it has like no weaknesses. Right. And I was like, let's just see what they do, you know. And and so I in my mind just kind of looked back at all those other stories that I've always loved, which are like those alien stories. Dead Space. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. I love that game. Um uh, Event Horizon, you know, is, a, is oh, another movie I would. Name. I was gonna say that Event Horizon. I think Sam Neill, right? Is that his oh, yeah. name? Sam yep. Neill. I think next to Jurassic Park, or maybe Jurassic better than than Doctor Grant and Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. I don't know, but oh, it's so good. One of my Where favorite roles. We don't need eyes to see. Oh God, Dan, have you seen Event <laughs> Horizon? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. have. Yeah, that's that movie. It's a great sci-fi film. It really is. Yeah, freaking yeah. pucker your butthole. That that <laughs> film. Ooh, Dan, do you have a question um, or something that you want to just just shout at Ben? Just shout in his face. Well, I was looking through his his works, and the book that we're talking about now is available on Amazon, folks. And the link will be in the liner notes of this episode. If you don't but- buy it, then. Something bad's gonna happen to you. Anyway, please. That's continue. what I've heard. Yeah, it's a part of a chain email that we got. Yeah. Um, we're gonna. But start I was it. looking through. This looks like you've been published in a series of, I'll call them indie magazines. Am I yeah. right? Yeah. The, Mostly the, pornographic. That's right. Yeah. That's what oh, you I, said? I wish. Oh, I wish. But. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's there's these things out there in the world and they're they're less and less popular these days than they've ever been. But they're (laughs) called called literary magazines and they just publish stories. And yeah, most you know, I have a smattering of of short stories that are out there in the world. And if you go to my my website, it's just benjaminalaco.com. I always we'll feel so it, awkward plugging my shit, but it's regardless. Uh, the, it'll be at the bottom. So if you're listening to this, scroll to the bottom and it'll be there. The link. Cool. Yeah, anyway. thanks. And uh, but yeah, so, um, you know, there, there's a smattering of stories that I have out there in the world. And uh, 
Yeah, you know, they're just in these literary magazines. And the, the cool thing now is that that those literary magazines and those stories, those links, you can you can still find them. They don't just go away now that they're ebooks where the way that these literary magazines used to work is that they would just publish, you know, a, a limited run of them and you would only get it if you were subscribed to it. And so what's cool about this is that like now every literary magazine is almost like a little mini anthology that you can just go buy. And they're like two or three bucks most of the time. And you can just get a handful of stories that from authors you've probably never heard of that that do some pretty cool stuff. So, yeah. Hmm. And the the one thing I, I feel like, you know, I hate talking about myself, which you couldn't tell by how rambly I am right now. But the one thing that I want to say is like what's what's uh, frustrating about being a, a writer and in particular working on novels, too, and everything is like. I look at that page, you know, my page and I'm like, shit, I do not have a lot of material out and that sucks. Um, so you'll see that there's a, you know, significant gap up until I have a new story that's coming out um, in October in a, mm. uh, uh, an anthology. Um, so just a, just a short story that's coming out in an anthology, but I'm excited because, you know, the last thing I published was in like 2017 and the reason for that, though, it's not like I haven't been writing. I've just been sitting on my ass. I, I actually wrote a new book that I have been trying to get published. Oh. And so like I spent, you know, like three years writing a new novel. And so I am now it's been about a year and a half where I've been sending that one out to agents. And now I've exhausted my list of agents because I'm still nobody. You know, you have a right. book out. It doesn't mean anything. Right. Like not to really us. Doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but yeah. So so, you know, I I look at that and I'm like, shit, you know, I just don't I don't have this track record, you know, which which is a bad feel. But I'm hoping that in the next you know, several months, I'll hear back from some of the one, one, at least one of the presses where my book, my, my new manuscript is out and maybe it'll be some good news. Well, you know? after this airs, I mean, yeah, they're going to be like, holy out. shit. And we can, we can give you some, some good advice about which yacht to buy based on what season it is, but that would be so helpful to me. Speaking of, of we talking do. about yourself, Ben, <laughs> I hope the listeners are able to, to tell that, you know, we're doing this virtually, but as Rocco and I sound as good as we do, for the first time in a long time, we've had someone on the show that has also great audio equipment. And the reason why you have great audio equipment is because you have a podcast as well. Yes. Yes. You and your wife bring on a guest, right? Uh, yep. Every episode. Yep. Been doing it for a few years now. And the topic is basically horror films that yep. came out last year what is the title of that podcast it again? is called last year's horror mm. i want to be on that a little it's a little on the nose oh i'd love to have you on that i'm actually. gonna i'm just gonna invite myself so well, there it is Rocco, he has he has experts come on <laughs> um dan um i believe we did an entire episode about the conjuring Star Wars is not an expert. we did an entire episode about movie. the conjuring the devil made me do it we had a whole episode on this show about that movie. It's a horror oh, movie because it was horrifyingly right. bad in comparison mm. to the other ones, which I love. I love the Conjuring series, but that movie was bad. Let me just anyway. say this. For fans of our show, for fans of Gutsy Media. All three of you. For fans of Ben and his wife's show, Last Year's Horror. 
There should be a mashup of all three. Yeah. Um, if you're into one of those, you might be into the other. Um, true. But, uh, ben, I did want to suggest Gutsy Media as well. Um, I think you'd really enjoy that podcast. Yeah. Um, it's sort of a deep dive into different movies. It's not genre specific. It's all. Like yours is. Um, but um, I think it'd be a great collaboration. To, I think you'd make a great guest on his and vice versa. We, on this podcast, did a mashup with Bob from Gutsy Media where we brought him on. It was, I think, the second time he was on. And yes. we went through the, the the movie that you just talked about, Rocco. But individually, mm-hmm. yes, I've been on his show and Rocco's been on his show as well to talk about specific movies. So I did I like snake out that out. Yeah. Um, but your your podcast is what in in its second year? yes second season, and right now we are actually in a, a little bit of a hiatus uh, since the start of July. But we'll be back. I'm not sure yet exactly when, but. I would say sometime in August we're going to be back, but but you know everybody needs a little bit of a of a little vacation every once in a while, and so we're we're trying to rest up and all that stuff. But but we we've had some really exciting guests on recently. Um, so we actually had uh, um, one of my favorite authors, uh, John Langan, on the show to talk about his his horror fiction. Which, oh wow! Uh, plug for John Langan. He's he's literally just it was a dream to just talk to him, and he was so cool. Uh, if you don't know John Langan, you know, he's, he's one of those indie authors. Um, he's wrote, he wrote this novel called the fisherman, but he's got a whole bunch of short story collections that, that I would highly recommend if you like anything in the vein of Lovecraft, where it's that cosmic horror, he does such a good job where he, he merges that stuff with just really good characters I would say he's a better writer than Lovecraft because I love, you know. The, oh, wow. Yeah. I love the weirdness of Lovecraft. But like if you're sure. a writing snob like I am, Lovecraft was not a great writer. He w- he had very great ideas, mm-hmm. cool concepts. But sure. I'm sorry, like, you know, I don't want to offend anybody. But, you know, if you look at some of his writing, it's not great. Like, but, you know, he gets the job done. You yeah. know, it's, it does what it does. And it was a different time. So whatever. He was also a racist. So that's a whole thing. But that's a problem. Yeah, that's going to be an issue. The <laughs> so that's a thing. Yeah. So a little bit of a problem there, kind of a problematic writer. Okay. So just go with John Langan. Um, so I'm always plugging his work because it's it really is it's like some of my favorite fiction. Um, and uh, so we had him on the show. We had uh, Adam Mason, who's a filmmaker. He did uh, this movie recently called Songbird, which is on hulu which you can you can check out it's kind of controversial i feel like i'm familiar with that yeah people kind of got pissed off actually at that film because it was it was the first that's not why people were pissed but uh just a side note it was it was the first movie to be filming in hollywood after the pandemic shut everything down so like they shut shit down and it was like the next day, just listen to the episode. Oh, it's so good. But like, he, okay. he's got a fascinating story, but literally they shut this down the next day. Adam Mason's talking to his buddy and they're basically like, let's make a movie. <laughs> and they, so they do. And, and they somehow do it with all the COVID restrictions in place that were there on like day one. And you couldn't tell they, they ended up working with like Michael Bay as a producer and wow, it's crazy. And, and uh, the reason it's controversial is because it's about a pandemic. It's like, I can't remember. It's like COVID 24 or something. And, and so it's kind of this sci-fi future where the lockdown never ended. And 
uh, it follows this guy who's like a delivery guy who's immune. And so, you know, he's one of the main characters, but there's there's all that's these different- me. There you yeah, go. That's yeah, that's you, man. The Check mailman. it out. Even although you did get COVID and you nearly died. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I, uh, he I was in the insurance also... policy, so I was, you know. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So he did. Uh, but but the one of the reasons we had him on the show is he did one of our favorite horror movies from 2019, which is this this show on who or uh, this movie on Hulu called I'm Just Fucking With You, which I highly recommend to people. Such a fun fucked up movie if you hmm. like kind of indie horror hmm. and you just want something that's different um check out i'm just fucking with you we love that movie and we you know adam mason was such a fucking cool guy like he literally he he made contact with us after we aired our episode on i'm just fucking with you he literally just sent us a message it was like hey thanks for doing that you know that was awesome oh wow and <laughs> so we reached out to him like a year later to be like hey you know would you be interested in coming on the show and he was like yeah Wow, so he was such, such a fucking cool guy. Like he you're made launching, a... you're launching his career, you're <laughs> launching yours. Yeah, yeah. I, I just like cycle. it. Just continues, right? He's I just such wish, a cool guy. Like Joe Biden would listen to our show and just be like, "I want to be on." And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> reach it, out and they'll be like, "It hey, would be I a lot of this." And... Uh, like his screen would be like a lot of. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Well, on that note, thank you for sharing, Ben. That was awesome. Yes. And see, all the details are going to yeah. be in the liner notes, but you know, go get his book on Amazon. Yes. Go check out his podcast. Thanks, guys. Thanks. And let's let's take a break and come back with our fuck yous. Yeah, what we're gonna think? we're gonna take a break when we come back. Everybody's favorite part of the show, the airing of our grievances. We'll be right back. Serenity now. From the far reaches of the galaxy to an internet location near you, we're Don'tForgetATowel.com, your daily source for geeky pop culture news, reviews, interviews, and so much more. So as you're hitchhiking your way through the universe, don't forget to travel safe, and don't forget a towel. No. After me. Left in the A, people. We're doing the fuck you section. I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> now you're going to hear about it. Thank you, Frank. And that is absolutely true. Absolutely true. Um, If you guys don't mind, I'm going to go first. It's it's right on the tip of my tongue. I want right. to let All it right. out. Get it out. Um, There is a show that I've been waiting for to come out on Netflix. It's a stupid reality show. It is called Sexy Beast. And oh, the, yeah. po- the point of the show is you you put on all this makeup to look like some type, type of animal or creature. You go out on dates and then the woman chooses the man without actually knowing what he looks like. So it's purely personality. The female, the woman who has to do the choosing is also in full makeup. So the guys don't know what she looks like. And it was awful. Like, and I don't even, I don't even mean awful in a fun way, like 90 day fiance, where like, you're watching that with your wife and you're like, this is bad, but I can't stop watching. Yeah. Like a train wreck. Yes. This is, it's so bad. I can't actually watch this anymore. Um, Their production was awful. Whoever produced the show just did a really, really bad job. It wasn't good. It wasn't funny. 
it wasn't even bad to the point where it was funny. It was just bad to the point of like, why is this even on Netflix? Why is this anywhere? Why am I even? Why should anyone be? So you're telling me you thought it was bad, bad, bad. Not funny, bad. but but weirdly you liked Just it. Is what no, That's I what hate. I'm oh, I hated it. Oh, I'm sorry. Fuck you to this show for giving me trailers where I felt like this is like a 90 day fiance kind of thing where like it's bad, but I want to see more because like it's like a car accident. But this mm-hmm. was more like bad. Like I have to go to church on Sunday and listen to the priest talk mm-hmm. like there's there's no value to it at all. Zero value. Um, and, and then at the end, she picks the douchiest guy, period. And I was just like, not only is this bad, but you pick the douche guy and the douche guy has no endearing qualities where you'd be like, yeah, he, you know, he's a douche, but it's just like, no, he's just a douche. Like, I just want to punch him in the, like, I want to take a concrete block and just beat him in the face with it. Like that type of douche where you don't even care if he lives or dies. Um, so that's my fuck you. Fuck you to sexy beast. Don't watch it. It's trash. Okay. There it is. Wow. I'll um I guess I'll go unless unless you feel like going, Ben. You you take it away. All right. We'll that's my voice. Lesson, ben. <laughs> <laughs> I sent a photo to uh Rocco <clears throat> a couple weeks ago. Yes. Oh, I need here it is. I knew- Immediately, it was going to be my fuck you for the opening of the next season uh, as, a, as a letter carrier. Um, and I'm not proud of what I'm about to talk about, but I, I, I shouldn't be a lot of food on the go. Gross. Um, I, I have to regular the DQ mm. that's near, near but not on my route. By the way, I mean, Dairy Queen. It's it's great as a bathroom. Um, and then, you know, <laughs> big old Dan gets hungry. This is the shit like, in the dining room, though, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I should though after what happened. So uh, what I mean to say is I'm I'm I was a, a pretty regular person there. Um, a lot of the staff knew me because I was in there almost every day. This is pretty sad, uh, horrible. It's easier to poop again. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Here comes Dan. One of the worst things about a DQ is that I don't know where it was invented, where the first store was, or who the owners were, but it has a very southern feel. And what I mean by that, it's very slow and inefficient. Um, oh, as a letter God. carrier, I, I'm, I'm only allowed a half an hour lunch. I don't mean a, a 32 minute or a 35 minute. I mean, literally 30 minutes is all I'm allowed. Jesus. Does this story Adam. involve you eating while you're shitting? No, but it should. I just, I, I, I wanted to try to get ahead of it and see right. if that's where this was going. Okay. I'm sorry. So I had gone to the bathroom first on my bathroom on my on my lunch break i had about you know 20 minutes left and i i come out of the bathroom and i order very simple just like uh, i think i just ordered a cheeseburger and, and and some fries small small shit it took forever i mean it was taking a very long time the order was for just a a, a plain double cheeseburger no pickles i have the photo whenever you're ready <laughs> go ahead show show ben after all that time so ben what the fuck that that's a hamburger ripped up into pieces and i'll explain how we got oh okay okay i was like that's not food yeah so it's not anyway even if it wasn't ripped up (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
I'm I'm standing there just waiting and waiting. People who have ordered after me are receiving hamburger and cheeseburgers. <sighs> yeah. right? Hamburger for a mailman. <laughs> Wait, why did you just say it was for a mailman? So you can no, oh, no reason. <laughs> uh so it's just taking for it's one of those just like what the fuck is happening? So I reiterate, I'm like, what's you know, what's going on with this? And the manager has to like look back there and go, uh, you got that, blah, blah, blah. And then the the cook seems very angry with me, and I don't know why. And um, so they finally get the order done. And it, I mean, literally, it took forever. All my lunch was now burned. It's gone. I have mm-hmm. to leave. And I get in the truck, and it has pickles on it. I am enraged because I had asked for it 25 minutes ago. And then you give it to me and it's fucking wrong. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you with confidence, I would bet my next paycheck. They did it on purpose because I looked into the cook's eyes as he was staring at me. He did it on purpose. So I waltzed right back. I'm late now. Animals. Fuck. Yeah. And I said, there's pickles on this. They were, they knew I was pissed. No one stands there for that long and is going to be happy. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So I brought her in and I said, there's pickles on this. And I was willing to wait another 10 minutes for them to cook me a fresh cheeseburger. What did they do? They took it back there and ripped the pickles off and refoiled it back up and handed it to me. And that picture that you just showed, Ben, was the result of that. That not only did they rip the pickles off and hand it back to me, they ripped the burger into three separate parts. What? So they, I thought it was going to be like you ripped the burger in half to show that something was up with the burger. No. No. What is going on with this place? This is a Dairy yeah. Queen on Dewey Avenue. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So needless to say, I have not been back there since this happened. What do you think? They got their wish. <laughs> What was their vendetta? Were they were they like Dan is here to shit in the bathroom again and we're not yeah. we're not gonna have it? It's funny because I think most of the people there actually really like me, but like my this cook for some reason he had it out for me. I don't know, I don't know what yeah. it was. And uh he was intentionally taking his time, cooking food for other people, making me stand there and wait. And then when I called him out on being an asshole and fucking putting pickles on there on purpose, I mean, I didn't say this, but I was basically so mad. I mean, and for the manager to sit there and watch that happen where you rip apart a cheeseburger and just hand it back to somebody like that's your policy, DQ. You think that's OK? No, make me a fresh piece of food. Yeah. If I gave you something and said it was uh, wrong, redo it. Yeah. From from scratch. Well, so I I was I was ooh blah blah. blah. So why, you actually why? texted me that photo while I was driving. I remember I was driving. Right. And I looked at. It, I said, "This is important. I might get into an accident." <laughs> <laughs> why did they? Why would they rip the burger patty into pieces? That that something is up. Where is that? Maybe this was some kind of ritual that the cook was like. You rip the burger, dude. You're about to be pieces. Ben's next novel. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah. is a ritual of some strange. I don't know the origin, but me and this cook, it's not going to end well. It's good. The next chapter is me sitting outside the DQ waiting for him to get off his fucking shift. I follow him home and fucking kill it. Is male uniform? Yeah, <laughs> just you know, I would love short a horror shorts. story. 
I, I would love a horror story. And that's like the inciting incident that kind of kicks off this escalation path of of you fucked up my burger and I'm coming for you. And it just escalates from there. I'm down. Yeah. All, All I, I wanted to do is take have, a shit full rights. <laughs> and then I wanted a burger and then everything went from there. But thank you, Dan. That was a solid fuck you. And I'm so happy that I had the photo on my phone to just just show that off. To ben, illustrate. Thank you. What is your fuck you? So does my fuck you have to be a personal fuck you or can I speak to like a larger issue? You can, speak to a larger that, that issue. I, you can do whatever you want. It's your fuck you. Because so because I, I don't have to I don't say have fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have that much in my personal life that that I could say a real fuck you to and not feel somewhat guilty or something like I, you know, I try to I try to maintain a, a positive circle around me as much as I can, even though I'm very bad at remaining positive as a person. But it's something, you know, I'm working on it. I'm trying doing my best. But but here's here's what I want to say. Fuck you, too, is as it kind of we touched on it in this in this episode, in this discussion, which is the fucking people who are out there in the world and in, in, in various forms of media, social media, they're on Fox news. They're on, you know, I'm sure, you know, some of them are on our left wing talk shows, whatever, but people who are so fucking fake and pushing this garbage that is strictly for the sake of dividing people and misinformation and, in a time when it is so easy to exploit fears and worries and and everything else and in this bullshit of you know these fucking like q and honors and and these people who who frequent these these forums or whatever like you know 4chan and 8chan and all this shit all those people are uh, the same degenerates to me. yeah and and it's but it's about division and it's about you know looking at others as the constantly as as not just people who who are wrong or whatever but as an enemy and and but but really what gets under my skin one if you really believe that kind of shit and that's your worldview that's awful and i hope those people change but what really what i what i'm really saying fuck you to is the people who are intentionally buying into that culture even though they they may not even have who knows what the fuck they really believe but like to me you know the tucker carlson's of the world and all these pundits who you know they get off the air they're they're done or they they log off their social media and they're just kind of like yeah what the fuck i don't know i don't really care about like (laughs) what i'm just talking about i don't know like they don't really have a stake in it whatever like just I want to say fuck you to all those people like because the world the world just needs sanity and people who are rational and and people to just like I just want the engine of that the the whole engine to just fucking just stop for like a day and for people to just kind of be like you can believe different things you can have different faith from people you can have a different worldview you can look at people as people with value and and not an enemy and that's what we should be doing and so the the people who are trying to make enemies out of others intentionally i want to say fuck you to them that's that's fair and well it, said. we agree yeah it, well i mean i kind of agree there's a lot of people i hate that i wish death sure. upon um yeah da- daily 
Um, <laughs> but I'm hourly sometimes, and they're mostly conservatives. But anyway, um, there. I'm glad you said that because that always reminds me of that story. And there was a person. It's in my family that I had explained who, who's very conservative. That I had explained that it was purely done to ruffle feathers yeah. and to gain mm-hmm. a response. And that was, there was an article that went around on social media that said a recent poll said that Santa Claus should not be gender specific, that Santa Claus should maybe be a woman or possibly, you know, uh, a different gender it should not identify. Well, when you actually research the article is completely fake. No yep. poll was ever taken. Yep. But it was a liberal, liberal, I use the term loosely, publication that went out and was sure to be seen on all the conservative postings mm-hmm. purposely to just piss people off and cause right. division. But yep. had you have taken 10 minutes to Google the situation and realize that yep. this is untrue, that there was no poll, you know, then you could be fine. And for me, the people that just get outraged, like I, I'll look at an article and I will get outraged, mm-hmm. but then I will research it mm-hmm. and yeah. then I will form my opinion, my, right. my solid opinion from that. The, yeah, the, those are that's exactly what I'm talking about. So that's a perfect example. So that kind of shit of just putting a lie out there into the world to just piss people off and rile people up. And that I just, you just see it everywhere. And people are so used to it that we've become numb to it. And, and we just kind of go, Oh yeah, there's that other side, you know, being shitty. And it's like, sometimes it's true. Like sometimes people really are that shitty, but the, the, the people who are out there who are actively, intelligently with purpose putting the stuff out into the world in order to maintain those divisions and and you know separate the you know this side from that side and all that it's very manufactured and so anyone who's who's doing that knowingly like fuck you like those people to me are like they should just be wiped from the face of the earth you know those are those yes. are the people that have yes. no have no business being alive. Well said. Well said. Agreed. Agreed. Well, thank you, Ben. <sighs> Dan, do you have any final thoughts? Um, just you know, hold your loved ones close. You just never know. You never know when Dan's gonna ring your doorbell and then you call right. the police. You never That's know right. when some fucking guy is gonna just hand you a burger with pickles and what the fuck, you know? Just, you just never true. know hearing that just just triggers me I know. it's true it's true ben Sorry. thanks so much for being here today guys this was so much fun this was awesome. I'm, I'm very happy to hear that um real quick so your book is death form um mm-hmm. by benjamin alaco it mm-hmm. is on amazon i want you to order it now or i will find you um now where else can people find your works as well as your podcasts 
Yeah. So the podcast. So actually, I, I should say I technically have two podcasts these days. So uh, there was a, a recent one that uh, we actually just had our second episode come out. So uh, uh, first of all, the podcast with my wife is Last Year's Horror. Uh, and you can find us on any podcast streaming service. Just look for Last Year's Horror. Uh, Links and- below. Yeah. And uh, and thank you for that. And the other podcast that I, I've started with a friend of mine, Ryan Winters, um, also known as Ryan Bradley. So uh, his pen name, Ryan Winters. Um, but uh, we he also just had a book come out, actually, which is which is awesome. It's called Zero Land. Recommend that to people. Short read um, and, and a really good book also about kind of an alien monster. Um, so uh, anyway, uh, but the podcast that we do is called uh, The Indirectors. And the the concept for that podcast is that we we're in our first season but what we're doing what we're going to be doing season by season is picking a director and exploring and discussing all of their feature length films and so this first season is Bong Joon-ho who is a Korean director who did uh, if you remember Parasite yeah uh, yes yes that's what I was going to say yeah so i had never seen about half of his movies or more and it was so cool we're we just released the second episode but we uh, actually are just about to record our last episode about parasite and then release all the other ones and man check out those movies man check out bong joon ho it's like non-western you know storytelling so good if you're not if you're not into that you're missing out but Anyway, uh, so that's the indirectors also on any major streaming platform. But if you want to check out my writing, just go to my website. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm just Benjamin Alaco. My last name is A-L-L-O-C-C-O. So it's one of those names that's hard to remember. Two C's, two L's. Anyway, yeah, um, but but I'm around, you know, check me out. Hell yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for being here, Ben. Again, we'd love to have you back. Um, I'm going to have all the links. So everything Ben just said will be in links below. So please click on those. I want to say thank you to our sponsor, Ridley's Gaming Realm. Um, If you're buying, selling, trading, check out Ridley's Gaming Realm. And as always, major podcasting platforms, search DFAT Entertainment. You will find us. You will find Gutsy Media Podcast. You will find Towel Light Talk. You will find the funniest fuck guys over at Insensitive Culture. Campfire Chat. God, the list goes on and on and on. There's a whole bunch. They're all there. (laughs) Just go take a look. All right. All right. Yeah, I think think we're about it, Dan. I think that's about it. These people can get back to their lives now. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Ben, and party online. Thank you, guys. Thanks, everyone. Bye. They come from butts.